0: 10 o'clock. Who was at the quiz last night? We had a fun fun night at the quiz. I even got auctioned off. uh, $120. I'm worth $120 to a group of people. I was pretty disappointed though because that group was about eight people and they all had a whip round. I couldn't even come up with that. What's that? Eight times about like $12 or something, $13. So I feel (laughs) honoured. And uh, I'm going to be babysitting somebody or a family, and uh, so that's going to be interesting as well. So um, if you get the privilege of having me in your home, I will indoctrinate your children to Liverpool Football Club, and uh, everything will be great. So um, <laughs> hey, just a couple of things before we do get started. Uh, one, uh, on Saturday nights now, just we've just started. Who knows, Danny, Danny, and Maria Carroll. Part of our community. Uh, they've been reaching out to a Columbia, uh, uh, people from Colombia. There's about sort of a community in sort of the area. And they've been reaching out to them for about the last year and just having meetings in their home and in these people's home and just sort of sharing the gospel, sharing the Bible, teaching them and worship. And it's got to the stage now where the numbers are growing. And so they're meeting now upstairs in the theatre. Um, and so there's about sort of 50 people coming together We just believe that's going to grow and grow and grow And so if you see them pray for Danny and Maria Carroll and, and the people that are coming And just pray God's blessing upon it. And, um, and I don't know maybe we'll have to have interpreters here With headsets on and doing a whole lot of things As this community grows And just the other thing I do want to talk about Last week if you were here in the morning At the end of the service we had a, a gentleman just come forward Who felt that something was on his heart uh, for us from God um, who, did, who was here that sort of saw that Cool. I just want to give links to that. So we're, we're, um, basically the process that we do want to do here, we're open, we want to be open to the prophetic, we want to hear from the prophetic but as a safety measure at the same time to protecting you guys, we have to have some things in play. And so at the um, Connect course where we talk about, we outline this. And so um, there'll be certain people that you'll see here like elders and leaders that will just come forward and I'll just give them the mic, that's all good, and staff because you know, we, there's a relationship there. Um, and for some other people, if you have a word, just write it down and just bring it to me at the front. Um, but basically I just wanted to explain that process That So it looked a bit awkward um, He had some good things to say uh, Some of the things we've been talking about anyway as a community um, So it was awesome And I said I oh, would love to see you back um, Whether we see him back I don't know uh, He said he goes around a number of different churches So just wanted to let you know about that And just fill in with that and give you some context But um, let's pray God I thank you Lord that you are with us today I thank you that you live in us I thank you Lord that you Uh, have moved from a physical building into our hearts you say that we are the temple of your spirit and that this spirit is to be growing and moving forward and coming out of us lord and that we are to be refreshing uh, other people as we go and seeing your glory come father as the as the israelites would come and and bring their sacrifices they'd bring their worship to you father for seven days and then the glory would come and just fill the place Lord, your glory would come and burn up uh, the offerings of the animals and just fill with this incredible sense of your presence. And people would see that. And so, God, today I pray for your glory to come. I pray for the manifestation of your spirit to come, Lord, as I I speak your word today, Father. Give me your ability to do that. Lord, I pray that that I won't get in the way of that. And as we lift up through song to you today and prayer and adoration, I pray your glory would come. I pray your manifest glory would come, Lord, to break chains off people here, to set the captives free. Lord, if we need a physical or an emotional healing today, I pray for that. I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see the eternal realm that exists right now. I pray you'd open our eyes to see in the Spirit, Lord, what the inheritance for us. Lord, it's sight of the future that empowers the now, that gives us that ability, that enablement to live a life that the Bible speaks of, Father. We are Christian. But we don't do it, we are it. And so, God, today I pray you would continue to bring us into this reality of being sons, being yours, who you are, who we are in you, that we would live a life here on earth that would reflect your glory in every sphere where we go. We just want to be your people and the reality of that living in our lives, Father. So, Lord, we come here today hungry. We come here to receive. We come here to engage with you and what you're doing. Lord, and just continue to bring us to your reality of how you see, think, and feel. We ask this in the name of Almighty Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, let's just start with a clip uh, just to bring uh, some context to what we have been talking about. If you are with us here for the first time, we've been looking over the last four weeks at this thing called Sonship, and this uh, is from the movie Born Identity where uh, the, the main character, Matt Damon, is trying to figure out who he is he uh he he uh is uh he's been sort of washed up on shore and he's lost uh he's ha- he's got amnesia and he can't remember who he is so let's just have a look at this clip <laughs> Ooh, what did you come as have a Snickers bro why you mean when you're hungry better better you're not you when you're hungry Snickers satisfies Paul Henry is in the new movie by the way if you haven't seen it yet notice the look on his face and he's trying to figure who he, is, who he is and I think that can be like us inside Christianity you know hear these things you're a son of God what does that even mean and so often we can struggle to to understand what what this whole thing's about or or come into a reality of what it means to be a son and to live from that perspective we can have a, a head knowledge of it but not really a living reality of it and so our lives don't reflect the head knowledge that we have and you can just see the perplexity on his face. He's trying, oh, I think, I'm, I think I'm Jason Bourne, right? This is who I am because he's trying to figure this all out. And then he goes and all of a sudden there are these 12 other passports with all his other identities that are in there because he's actually a trained assassin. But he's figuring that whole thing out. And I think this is a little bit like our journey. And sometimes, you know, you can think, okay, I've got this thing down. I've got a revelation of this. And then God comes or someone comes and they bring a greater revelation, a greater reality you haven't yet moved into. And that can be a little bit confusing at times because it's not quite your paradigm. It's not quite your thinking. What does that look like? What does that mean? I see that in this person and they're operating like that. But what does that mean for me? And how does that transition happen where I come into this greater reality? And so I think it's fascinating, this whole thing. And I just want to give the six things currently just to give us an overview again and just to allow this to sink into us of some of the things that we've talked about in this whole series called Identity Crisis. So number one, I talked about the Father defined sonship. It's our heavenly Father, a voice came from heaven. A voice outside of this earthly realm defines who we are, which means that we don't define who we are. Our mum and dads don't. Our brothers and sisters don't. Our friends and family don't. That's the pressure, peer pressure. All those sins can define you, but the Father defines us. All right? The second thing was the Father marks his sons. The Father gives the Holy Spirit. He marked Christ. We are marked. The Father announces the lie of the enemy. And the enemy would come, if you truly are the son, God said, you are my beloved son, my blessed son. So the father speaks to that lie. We've all been adopted and we've talked about we've been adopted into his family. We must press in, number five, to receive the revelation of sonship. So once again, we've talked about positional, legal position of being a son, bought and paid for by what Jesus did. But now we are to move into it. so that positional reality becomes a revelation i start living like a son i manifest son attributes fear insecurity jealousy all those things are leaving me because the true authority of who i am is coming my reality on the inside and so i speak differently i think differently i act differently love comes forth from me and the last thing we said, our lives are to reflect the reality of adoption no different, I talked about, you know, we have $3 million in our, in our bank account, but we never withdraw it. It's a reality, but we never live in the reality. So we live uh, a, a, whatever life we're going to live with the income we're on, but the reality is we could have done a whole lot of things because we actually had $3 million in a bank account, but we get to the end of our lives and we realize, oh my goodness. And I said, that's the reality. I don't, want, I don't want to have to regret anything. I don't want to get to my deathbed and be one of those people that said, I wish I'd done that, 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 that. You know, when they did an interview and they interviewed a whole lot of older people and they said, what would you have done differently? And they said, I would have taken more risks and I would have skipped out way more. I don't want to be that person. I think that's an incredibly sad place to be where you go, you know what? I could have done this. I could have been that. I could have been involved in that. I could have done this. Because the reality is, and God reminded me of this, we have a huge God. He takes a man by the name of Philip, who's preaching one minute. He's seen the movie Star Trek. He then goes, and he's gone. And he ends up in another city. Imagine being Philip. One minute you're in the water baptizing this Ethiopian guy, the next minute you're in a completely different city. Imagine being the Ethiopian guy. the God we worship is He's so huge He's so outside of our ability to comprehend Him and there are things we live these limited lives because we, we trust in ourselves and not in His ability and He waits and He beckons and He woos us come with me come follow me come on a journey with me Let go of insecurity, let go of your thinking, let go of everything you've maybe put your whole life in and come on a radical ride with me and watch your life become massive. Look at the things that you've held on to thinking that these things were like so precious and you now look and you go, what on earth was I spending all that time watching that stuff? Or, or hanging on to that stuff, or not engaged in this lifestyle. And it's literally, it's, it's right here. It's not a million miles away, it's right here. It's, you're, we're all one decision away from this lifestyle. Some of us may be living in it now, can I encourage you to keep living in that? There's always obstacles though, isn't there? It's like my, my scale with God and faith is like, you know, he, he presents you with something. It's like, oh man, oh really, I know when we bought the house we were in, it was like, you're joking me. Man, I can't, we can't afford that. He goes, I know, that's why you're going to buy it. <laughs> you can't afford that in your own resource, but you know what? I can. Oh, man. You know, you get the pen out and do we do the right thing? We know. <laughs> Sign it. It's like we're one decision away. Now, you've got to hear me. You've got to hear his voice. And we're going to talk about that today and walk in that. But I'm just, I'm more motivated that we're just one decision away. From literally walking on water, and we're all to walk on water, yep. all every one of us, to experience a supernatural life every day, every week. And I'm not so much just talking about, I'm not talking about some, you know healings. I'm just talking about living with this reality of being a son, where you live in a, in a supernatural. I've got this joy and this peace in me that is so light and easy. And when afflictions come, and guys, it's going to get afflicted. The things, the pressure is going to get, the pressure cock is going to come more and more and the squeeze is going on. And you know what? When persecution comes, what happens to the church? It grows. We need a good bit of persecution to wake us up, to get us being the people God wants us to be. It's in history of the Bible and it's in history of the world. The church needs persecution for us to arrive at a point that we're supposed to be. I don't know about you, that's my nature. Anyone else? You know, when things are going bad, where do we go? Straight to the Father. When things are going good, where do we go? Me. I'm alright now. We've journeyed through that, thank you God. Now I'll take the reins again. Oh no, here we go again. Oh gee, this is going to be scary guy. How are you still there? And God in His grace and His love is always there. But he goes, "Come on, man! I don't want you living this to up and down, up and down, up and down thing. I want you living this gradual increase, rise that the Spirit of God is increasing. We are going from glory to glory to glory to glory for an eternal inheritance. That's why we we've got to contend for the eternal, because the eternal is now. It's not there. It's now. There is a reality of the eternal. That's what Paul saw. He saw." He saw in the future and look at the life he lived. The early church caught the eternal inheritance, the eternal. They thought Christ was returning the next day. It wasn't a head thing, it was a heart thing. It was a revelation. And because of that, they lived the life that was aligned to that reality. Now, that, as we contend together, is to be our reality because it's transformational. The very life source, the empowering and the enablement to walk that is from Him because of the sight He gives us. Come with me to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, 16. 2 Corinthians 4.16. Can I just encourage us uh, today again... I was just saying this to, to Debbie, that, and there is a bit of a, you know, a, a challenge with this, but you know, Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. He didn't say, go into the world and make followers. Go into the world and make disciples. And I wanna, I wanna be, we want to be a community that makes disciples, which means we want to be people that not only come to, to hear and to receive, but people that receive to teach others. People who will take what they're hearing and then go and actually teach other people it says in Hebrews that we're actually all supposed to be at a place of being able to teach, not have the gift of teacher on them, but be able to disciple, be able to teach what we're learning so we're all growing together. Hence, it's really important to come and take notes or get on a website and go back or record it or do something, meditate on what you're, you're hearing, because my experience is when you do that, God presents people, God brings people in your pathway that you can enrich and give life to. And so that's our heart as a, as, a, as a community is to be disciples of Christ. People who are discipling other people and bringing them to this other reality of sonship. Amen? So let's go. It says here in 16, Therefore we do not lose heart. Isn't that cool? Paul's saying, you know, we're not going to lose heart. There's all this stuff happening. We're not going to lose heart. Don't lose heart today. If you've come in in a sense of I don't know, wherever. Can I encourage you to to allow this to speak to you? Encourage yourself in him. David encouraged himself uh, when his men were trying to, when, when his 30 men were coming against him. Therefore, do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. You know what? I might get physically ill. Things might happen to my physical body. I may get healed. But you know, at some point, I'm dying. Physically. As long as I want to go to gym, it's all good. And keep everything going that way instead of going that way. And keep everything trim and aligned and all that. That's all good and I'm going to do that. Because that's, that's, you know, that God talks about keeping ourselves physically fit and all that. But at some point, this thing is decaying. It's gone. But my inner man, my spirit man, which is who I really am, made in the image of God. The spirit being which brings life. My physical doesn't bring life. It's my spirit that brings me life, which we're going to look at today. The spirit empowers the physical. I can't figure that out. But the more I'm in tune with him and the more alive in him, you know what? The healthier I am physically. The more I'm living for him, the more I'm defined by him, living for his will. There is no, I can't show you where this is per se, but it's truth. You come alive. What's that about? So it's like when the heart, one of the scriptures here, um, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. There's something about living in the spirit, when your spirit is going from glory to glory, that empowers the physical. And it says here, um, for, momentary light afflict- so for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory Far beyond all comparison. That's awesome, isn't it? Some of you look at me like, "Man, that's just bad news. (laughs) How many people know this is only good news? This is the good news Bible, not the bad news. Some people even called it the good news version. I love that. This is just light. Everything we go through, it's light. It's producing a work in you. It's actually bringing you to a place of freedom. Whether you understand it or not, when things happen, if we engage with him, it'll bring you to a place of freedom in him. But if we run away from it, we don't necessarily learn what we're supposed to learn in the process. He's saying here, he's saying for momentary light affliction, remember this is Paul talking about, this is the man that was beaten up, stoned, stoned. He's saying, you know, those things in comparison to what God's doing in me, it's nothing. Do you get that? He was whipped five times, 39 times. Christ was whipped once, 39 times, five times. And he's going, how can a man say that? How can someone actually say that? And it not be just nice words, but it's his reality. Because he caught something of the eternal which was so empowering that it's his spirit is being mo And he lived the life by that reality. You see, the church is anchored to be anchored in heaven living on earth. We pray prayers about heaven come to earth, but we don't live from heaven to earth. We live from earth to heaven. See, it's one thing for God to heal and that's all good. And I'm not knocking, that's amazing and awesome. But we're actually supposed to live in that reality, not just see it now and again. It's to be a lifestyle. The Bible says we're ambassadors from there living here. We're aliens on here. I'm a sojourner in my time of 80 whatever years, hopefully maybe a bit longer. I'm just a stranger on this planet. But we live as if we're anchored to the planet, don't we? You only have to check your priorities and look at your priorities and how you hold things in your heart to show you where you're anchored. And God's trying to wrestle those things out of us and anchor us into an eternal realm because then we are free to live on this realm, the lives he calls us to live. And you'll come, we'll all come into a freedom and a continuing freedom which will amaze us. I had a conversation with someone during the week, and they said, you know what, for my whole Christian life, it's been the last month that I understand what he talks about when he says the truth will set you free. This person thought they were in freedom. And they were to a measure, but they've come into a greater reality of being a son and the the, the promise that comes with that, and it's changing their reality. And that is such good news. Father, I thank you. And this is for all of us. But see, it takes a decision. We all have to make a decision. Do we want that? Am I prepared to go down that pathway? Am I prepared to go down this narrow pathway that there's going to be a crushing of my will, there's going to be a squashing of me, but then a releasing of life? See, it's that back-to-front thing. We think the hardships, oh, we're going to run away. No, run into the hardship. Run into whatever it is, because in that, He's going to meet us in that And in that squashing, in that crushing, life comes. If you lose life, you're going to find life. If you let go of yourself, you will find me. I promise you there will be a transaction. Those who want to come to me, I will give you rest for your rubbish. What an offer. Imagine turning up at Harvey Norman with your broken telly. Look at this thing, it's 25 years old. It was good in its day, but it's done, it doesn't even go. And you walk in with your broken TV and you go, there you go. And they go, thank you Mr. Simnel for your broken telly. Have a nice 50 inch plasma, latest worth $5,000. And you walk out with the TV. <laughs> Who wins on that deal? <laughs> and this is what Jesus is saying to us. Come to me, all you who are carrying stuff you shouldn't have carried because you're trying to live in your own will, in your own way. And it's killing you. If you would come to me, I promise you, there will be a transaction between me and you. But you must give him something and leave it there and he will give you something and you walk away with what he's given you. Now there's an ongoing journey of that because sometimes we want to go back and pick that stuff up again. I hear that and we need to speak that out and live that life. But he's going, I have riches, I have gold, I have this reality of inside which is going to transform you. And he promised. It's not just a good idea, it's a promise. It's sonship. It's where we start coming to a place of this reality inside us of being a son. And that's a whole journey. It's not just a one-off event. It's a lifetime process that we are all on. I'm discovering this more and more as I'm journeying and I'm contending with them. you know, And things are like, oh man, you mean that? Yep. But you know what, man? Come on, God. That's like, yep. You know what's really the hardest I'm finding? It's like the internal. You see, it's one thing to we're going to, well, I'm talking about it anyway, so we'll just we'll go with it. But like, I want to talk about today that that that, that those that he, uh, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So what does that mean? Those that are being led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, and you can be led by the Spirit in two ways: there's the external and the internal. So the external is hearing and then obeying. So I hear, to give you an idea of this, this, this house that we, we end up buying in Bodman Terrace. So we're looking for a house. On the process, it was amazing. God God would speak to me and say, go and ask that person there if they want to sell their home. I was like, what? That house is coming up for sale. Go and ask them if they want to sell it to you. Okay. This opens the door. Uh, hi, you don't know me, but I just live around the corner. And are um, you thinking about selling your house at all because we're in the market of buyer? Yes, we are. Oh, you know, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, it's almost like you get taken back. You're expecting this. No, aren't you? Why do we do that? And it's like, yes, we are. Well, um, okay, well, here's my card and can we, can we make a time to get together and talk? And, and we went and talked and, and uh, it was awesome. And, and at that time, that wasn't the, the house for us as we dialogued it out. Happened again. This house, go and knock there. Did the same thing. This person, and what God was just leaving on this process of hearing and obeying. And then we come to, and what He was trying to do is He was trying to build faith in me, because what's happening is these houses were at a certain amount of dollars, and we probably could have afforded those, even the next one. But the house that He took us to, we couldn't have really afforded that. And if we'd started here, I've maybe would have walked away. But He led me on this journey. But I'm hearing. Now we hear differently. I can't give you a four-step plan to how you're going to hear the voice of God. But it's part of intimacy with Him. It's part of sitting with Him and He'll determine that how He does that for you. There'll be principles that I could share today but at the end of the day, it's about you and Him. You try and do it the way Greg Simler does or, who, or whoever tries to do it and you'll probably be frustrated. So it's a matter of going to Him and saying, Go on. and what I do, I just, I'll just sit there. And I'm just sitting I say, speak, Father. What do you want to say today? And sometimes, you know, you get all these other thoughts come in and you just go, okay, just continue to speak. And sometimes you don't get anything. Nothing. And other times he'll say things to you. There's times when I just sense him just speaking and he tends to, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I know people that have. But it's like a, it's, it's a sense it's a of your, I just call it your knower. And you Noah of your knower. And you know when he's spoken. You know it's him. Does that make sense? Yeah. I knew I was to marry Danielle. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. And he'll speak there. And that can be like that. I can be doing something. I can be busy doing something. And all of a sudden, bang. I can be playing golf. And bang. I was having dinner the other week. And God spoke to me clearly while I was in conversation with some people about something for them. It was like, bang. It was like, whoa and so it's 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 not there's not just one way and so one of the ways that God speaks to us is in the like an ex, ex, you know, you hear him then you go and act he speaks to your spirit but there's a, there's a leading of the spirit which is an internal process as well there's a dying to self process that is required and this is what I was getting to before how how does that happen how does the spirit start to develop and grow in me and i'm finding it's when you have an opportunity to react in the flesh But you choose to put on love, growth, more of him, more of his righteousness. What do you mean, Greg? Well, someone comes or someone says something about you or someone, you know, there's there's, there's opposition to you. There's someone comes at you physically. How do we respond back? You're trying to live a certain way or you're trying to do certain things and, and it creates persecution, or opposition. What's my response now to that person? And I shared this a few weeks ago. You know, for me, man, I, I was terrible at this. I sucked at this stuff. I had three strikes and you're out, the staff will tell you. It was like, well, if you're coming to me and we're talking about this and you're still not wanting to get ahead and you come again and we talk about it and you are still not want to get ahead and you come again with the same stuff and we've given you advice, I've given you wisdom and you're not applying it. You know, I've got other things I need to go and do. I've got other people I need to go see. It's like my time's precious and all this stuff. I just felt God say to me one day, he said, well, these are my children, Greg. These are my people. Did you get over it like that? I came to you five times in supernatural ways and you still turned away from me. (laughs) How many people realize it's not the sort of image you really want when you're thinking you're high and righteous and, you know, in the right place. And it's like, yeah, but you know what, God, that was different. (laughs) You know, we've talked about that. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. We talked about that. And what was my response to that? I was always there, wasn't I, son? And did I judge you? Could I have judged you? I mean, you said to me five times, if you do this, you will follow me. Did you follow me? And I did it five times. Okay, I'm starting to get this, I think. But you know what happened as I've tried and I've made a decision. You know, you can sense when when your flesh wants to jump out. And it's a moment, it's a time, it's it's in a second of making the choice to go. No, I'm going to put on love. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to speak through me, and I'm going to allow Him to do the work in me. Paul said that he says I'm in labor. I I I'm fearful that I labor in vain. With you, that the work that God's trying to do in you is not happening because you're chasing all these other things, and I feel, I'm feeling I'm wasting my time. And it's like I can genuinely tell you now that there is God has formed a love it's his love in me that was not there and I know this because I've had to actually live it out. It's part of part of me making this choice has made this, this this actual thing happen in me. It's awesome. It's awesome to have his love in you and you know it's there and you know it's not you because you would have gone out of here. But yet there is this grace and this love and this 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 this, this empathy for this person or these people and wanting people to, to, to grow and, and, and to get better. I can't explain that fully. I can't describe that. That's a work of the Spirit. But you know what? It starts with us making a choice to let the flesh go. Come with me to uh, Romans 8, 1 to 17. I have no idea of time. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read this really quickly Romans 8 1-17 to I'm not um, following the flow of my notes so I'm really hoping you can hear what I'm saying and if it sounds a little bit jumbled up then listen to it again and ask the Spirit to <laughs> relay it for you <laughs> um, but here it goes therefore, and this is huge there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Okay, there is no condemnation you know what can happen in, a, in, our, in our insecurity or in our in our humanness is sometimes we can hear things we can hear truth preached and what we do is because we know that, that we're not living in that reality we allow condemnation to come but that's not of God that's of someone else and so we can't let a conviction come. And then, because that's what it is, sometimes it can be a conviction. God wants to bring a conviction, but because because we may not be in a place of moving more into sonship, we allow that to be condemning. So instead of allowing that truth, you know, sitting that truth going, you know what, I'm not in that place, and that is okay. We go, I'm not in that place, and now I'm running away from that truth. And we allow the condemnation to come and you're useless. That's right, you're nothing. That's right, what he was saying, you're nowhere near that. That is not of him. That can be of you and where you're at because of insecurity and all those things, but it's not of him. And so we have to get to a place where we are discontently content, where we can hear and go, you know what? When I read this, I read this, I look at the love of Christ, I go, God, I fall short of that. But that's okay because I'm on a journey of that being done in my heart and I'm okay with that. I'm not going to beat myself up that I'm not necessarily at this place, but I'm moving towards it. Can we go there? Is that okay? And not allowing that to go, oh, that's right, I am a loser. Because then he wins and we don't. We stay in that place. Nobody wins actually because then the truth can't be preached because the people can't receive the truth. And we have to be able to receive the truth and receive a conviction of the truth and allow the truth to change us. Because it says that if we continue in his word, the truth will set us free. And we're all coming to this great place, as we've talked about, of a greater sense of freedom in him. It goes on, it says in verse two, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Amen. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh. God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, verse four, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So we are to be walking in the spirit, not the flesh. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. That's why it's so important that we have our minds renewed. Renewed via the Spirit, through the living Word. Because the reality is we've all come and we're coming from this place of flesh. We're all tainted with it. We're in the kingdom of the world. When we get taken out of that and put into the kingdom of God through a prayer, doesn't mean that our flesh doesn't come with us. That's why we are baptised into Him. And the death to self process must happen. Um, because verse 7, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. It's an opposition. That's fascinating, isn't it? Uh, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now here we go. However, verse 9, this is good news for us. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Does the Spirit of God dwell in you today? Very convincing. (laughs) Does the Spirit of God dwell in us? Amen. Thank you, Lord. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, listen to this, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. So although your body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of his righteousness. But if the spirit of him, which is God, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Isn't that cool? So we talked about at the start, didn't we, about our bodies that are decaying. But actually, this now tells me, and that's happening, so you've got to hear what I'm saying, but this other reality is, although our bodies are dead to sin, this spirit life that we have, this life that will come, it says, where Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. You see, this is to be a reality where, and I shared this last week, we are to be Agents of releasing living water. Isn't that cool? Agents who release living water. John seven thirty seven to thirty nine. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Because he who believes in me, single-minded belief in me, as the Scripture says, from his, her, inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Everyone say, rivers of living water. Where are they flowing from? Sorry? Innermost being. From the innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were yet to receive. John four thirteen, when Jesus is at the well with the woman. Jesus answered her, Everyone who drinks of this water, which is him, will thirst sorry, not him, will natural water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become where? In him or her a well of water springing up to eternal life. Agents of living water. Christ in us, coming forth from us. The Spirit of God. That lives in every believer that has claimed, called upon the name, been baptized. Father, come. And it comes from within. And you know what it does to my physical body? It brings me alive. It's to be literal. This is literal. God wants people walking on the earth. Not many gods. Not Jesus Christ, but like Christ. Imitate me, as I imitate the Christ. You will do things that I have done. You will do greater things than I have done as you allow this process to happen because life comes from within. It never works to try and find it externally. Trust me. Wasted nine years of my life trying to find that. It comes from within a person. And the process the Bible describes is letting go, dying to the flesh. How do we die to the flesh? Via the Spirit. That's what I'm going to look at next week. But we are to be these people who walk around on planet earth, anchored in eternity with an eternal mindset, a kingdom mindset. Seek first the kingdom and I'll add you a wife and a husband. So stop chasing one. I'll take care of my will is for you to have kids. I'll take care of that. Stop getting caught up in all that. You know what, it's, it's actually proven fact that, and, and I'll say this with all grace, but ladies that really, really, really want a child and struggle in that can have in a physical um, thing that happens to the body where the, the, apparently where the womb actually sh- shrinks or closes. I don't know if I'm getting the words right, but it's there's, there's been a research done where it's like it, it, when that's almost let go of, something happens in the body physically That actually can empower people getting pregnant. It's physically proven, research proven. You see, we chase things that are anchored to the world. Jesus even said to us, Your mum and your brothers are outside. What did he say? My brothers and my mother are those that do the will of the Father. This woman says, Blessed are the breasts that have nursed this boy. What did Jesus say? Not blessed are those that do the will of my Father. His parents come and they rebuke him at the age of 12. What does he say? Where else would I have been? When Pilate said to him, are you a king? He said, I am a king, but not from your kingdom. If I was from your kingdom, my mates right now would be running over here and beating you lot up. But they're not, why? Because I live from another dimension. I live with a completely different mindset and I'm from the kingdom of heaven, but I'm living on earth. And I'm here for 33 years, three years of ministry. Early church caught this reality in their hearts and it started to outwork in their lives. I've got a whole series on transformational community that God's been showing me, which is incredible. Cost you your whole life if you want to be part of it and live in it though. Why? Because there was this other mindset operating. And you know what? For us to live in that and to go there, it's a letting go of stuff. It's even a wrenching of soulish ties that we've actually put in place even between husband and wife and children. I'm sorry if I'm offending you today, but this is truth. Money, careers, all these other things and He's not at the centre of our, place, our our hearts. All these things are. But it's good news. God knows that's the case. God goes, come on. Let's enter into a process together. Let's come on this together. I'll work with you on this. I'm on this. We're all on this journey. No one's arrived. The stuff, at the moment, I gave up Sky two weeks ago. God's speaking to me about, uh, someone's nodding their head. No, it's like, He's speaking to me about that. I'm not saying go give up Sky. I'm not saying you've got to do... Hear His voice. The inner working that He's doing in my heart. i wrestled with that. They've got a new manager. They're playing well. They drew with Manchester City on Sunday. I'm like... I'm even trying to figure out how I can maybe go watch a game here and there, and there. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying... And hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God's not into sport. I'm not saying God's not into Liverpool. I'm not saying that's not a passion in my heart. But uh, he's definitely uh, into Liverpool. I don't have time to maybe explain. I'm not saying he's not into sport. For me, right now, God is speaking about that for me. And I know it's for me. You know, it's for me. This is the kingdom of God within you being built. And when Jesus said, "The kingdom of God is within," see, so often we've just limited it down to physical expressions. We've limited it down to signs and wonders. we've limit Are they right? Absolutely. I love that. I love seeing people getting here. We we're at manifest last week, seeing people getting healed. I know people went from there who went into that, laying hands, seeing stuff happen. It's fantastic. But that's one part of a two-part picture. What I'm talking about is this is the kingdom within us being developed now. This is where structures of faith and and, and joy and peace and noise are being developed. So, when pressure comes, and it's coming and will come, when the external pressure comes on you, whatever that is somebody dies, you lose a job, something happens. I'm not sure what happens, but you know what? You are able to stand because you've allowed the kingdom development in you when someone offends you. You know what? You don't do this back. You actually stand and go, you know what, that's okay because my battle is not with Simon. It's with other principalities that might be at play here. So I'm not judging Simon. I've got grace and love and mercy and vice versa for him to bring unity and reconciliation back together. But so often we want to go, I'm out of here. You upset me. And then I'm going to tell a whole lot of other people about it. How many people the church have hurt me? Well, you know what? We better get used to that because if we're going to do this together, we're going to hurt one another all the time. Why do you think the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins? Why do you think the Bible says you must put on love because the very thing that you're trying to, I'm trying to build in you, you have an adversary and an enemy who wants to destroy that. Ananias and Sapphira were in the community. That's a really interesting thought. Here's this incredible unity, this incredible oneness in Acts 4 being built on the earth. I've got to believe this is real for today because God's shown me in Scripture it's possible today. I'm laying my life down to see a community like that on the earth today. I'm not talking about living in homes. I'm talking about a heart culture position where people are so in love with the Father, so in love with one another that there is not a need and everybody puts what they have in the pot. It's then distributed out and it's an incredible, go have a read of it. Man, Peter's walking around and is healing on his shadow. The people are leaving from city, coming to their city because of the healing. It's literally God's glory on earth manifesting itself. Why? Because the people of God are unified as one mind and one heart and one soul. And then the enemy goes, I've got to destroy this Somehow. So he sends a couple called Ananias and Sapphira who are part of the community who holds them back. The Bible says that sin was conceived in his heart. You see, that's the beautiful thing. If we can be one, if the church can be one, not just us, but the church, you know what happens? A world looks and it no longer starts pointing the finger, laughing, it goes, I think I'm seeing something that I do not understand, but this thing's walking towards it. I think we need to apologize to the world. Apologize to Him. I thank Him for grace. I thank Him that the grace that covers my shortfalls, but yet. The grace empowers me to overcome those shortfalls. For me to come into this reality of of being the Son. Being led by His Spirit internally. Then it manifests itself externally. That I'm hearing His voice and only doing what He asked me to do. I spent years in ministry doing a whole lot of stuff that I think I thought was Him, but was me. Almost killed me. Trying to keep plates spinning. Having 25 meetings a week with life group leaders. Crazy. I hear Him. I obey Him. I allow Him to do a work in my heart. The purging of me. Which affects my physical being as well. Just verse 11 of that verse, "...but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you." The word dwell means to live as an inhabitant. So you could read it like this, "...but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead inhabits your body, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit, who lives as an inhabitant in you. We have the music guys back and I'll close here. I want to finish on just one scripture which is Revelation 5 verses 9 to 10. See once again this whole kingdom reality, it's, Firstly, it's an internal, invisible transformation of a person. And they sang in nine, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. So I'm Christ. For you were slain and purchased, and you purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Isn't that cool? doesn't matter whether you're white, black, pink, yellow, culture, whatever culture you are from, whatever people group you are from. Jesus did this for us. You have made them. You have made them to be a kingdom. And priests. To be a kingdom. To be a kingdom. To be a priest. to our God and they will reign upon the earth now and in the future there's so much we're going to be unpacking as we journey a priest I thought that was Old Testament stuff well think again what do you mean be a kingdom becoming living water becoming a resource as individuals and as a community. Wherever you go, the kingdom is within you, so you take the kingdom reality. People look and they go, you have an incredible marriage. My marriage is in ruins. Can you teach me? Can you come and speak to me and my husband about marriage? Because you are modeling something and I see the way you treat one another. I see the children you have if you have kids and there is something that we do not have. But you have. How come you are so generous? How come at every time there's something on? You are the first to pay. You are the first to give. You are the first. And not just, we heard a great message while we away about Rebecca and the camels. And not just filling up just enough, but she gave so much. I'll, I'll, I'll feed all your camels. Not just the man, but his camels. The length that she went to was beyond the call of just a little bit. This is what God is doing on the earth Today. And raising up the church, a church of Jesus Christ that manifests not only the character but the nature of God. It's love, guys. Love changes a heart. Not legislation, love. I'm not here today because of legislation. I'm not here today because of do's and don'ts. I'm here because of love. Love that I encountered five times. If you do this, I will follow you. I'm talking supernatural things, lights in rooms, healings, not just, you know, give me a fiver. Big stuff. And I turned away every time until a place of absolute brokenness. And I screamed again. And you know what? He's still there. Who are you? That's what I said. Who the heck are you? You ain't human. He said, I'm Jesus Christ (laughs) of Nazareth. There are people in Parliament waiting for the church to love. There are homosexuals waiting for me and you to love. Not point fingers. Love. Die to ourselves. Die to my stinking thinking. And love at the cost of self selfless, Christ-like love. It'll kill you. But it's great for you. It's freedom. He is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Minister to our spirit today. Minister to our hearts today. Lord, if we're broken today, minister to the brokenness. If we're hurting today, God, I pray you would minister to our hurt. If we're in an amazing place today, God, I pray you would multiply that. God, you see every person here, every heart. And I pray, Lord, by the beautiful sense of your grace. Lord, you would just lift us you're carrying us so often Lord you carry us you wait for us you waited for me for such a long time my donkiness and my dumbness God I thank you for that I pray today Lord that we would allow ourselves to be broken down we would repent and turn to you, change the way we think and let go of our will. And if we will do that, Lord, I know because I'm experiencing it more and more, your revelation will come. Life will come. Life of the Spirit will come. You said, I am the way, the truth and the life. You came, you allowed yourself to be put on a cross this showing of being broken you said I am the truth repentance turn back to me I hold all truth I am truth and you said I am the life revelation I pray the spirit of revelation would come right now Lord and fill us afresh as we worship as we sing as we pray as we maybe just sit in silence Holy Spirit come Come, Father, come. Fill us afresh today. May we let go of the things that we need to let go of. May we be allowing you into those areas of our lives that we're trying to control, thinking that it's going to bring freedom, but it's only bringing death. Come, my Father, come. Thank you, Lord.